0: Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning, hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show. My name is Tim Seckler from the Seckler Law Firm, uh, and I thank you for joining me for this week's episode where we're going to talk about how to keep you and your family out of trouble with your estate plan. We're going to talk about estate planning failures, why plans fail, the top five reasons why your estate plan fails, and what you can do about it. Um, So if you're new to the show, uh, what we do here is we talk about all things estate planning and elder law. Uh, my name is Tim Seckler. I own an estate and elder law firm just north of Pittsburgh called the Seckler Law Firm, uh, where we help dozens of families every month with their estate planning needs, uh, wills, trust, powers of attorney. We do post death administration work. We do nursing home crisis cases. Uh, and I really have sort of developed a passion over the years for helping people not just get a plan done, but get the right plan done. Uh, and that's a little bit about what I want to talk with you today. Um, is, you know, it's, it's most Americans never do a will. Most Americans never do any plans. But those folks that do estate planning, often the plan fails anyhow. And and why is that? What are the mistakes people are making? What can we do to make sure that we don't make those mistakes in our families? Um, and, you know, the way that I looked at this, and then a little bit of background, the reason I got into this work is because my grandfather ended up going through a pile of money battling Alzheimer's disease in a nursing home. Uh, And no one told them that we have this crazy government rule book that requires you to go broke if you get sick. We just – we didn't know. The family didn't know. He ends up passing away when I'm in law school. I end up doing some homework on this, realized I could have saved my own family a small fortune had had we actually gone through the process of, of doing elder law asset protection work. And here I was, I'm just learning this, and I've just got a law degree, and it's like, well, man, this is important stuff. Why is nobody talking about this? And and so I've been talking about it for 10 years and and have built – a law firm that serves people with that role. But as the law firm has grown, so has the scope of the services that we provide. So we do a lot of estate planning now for young families, little kids. Maybe they're not so concerned about the nursing home just yet. Uh, You know, Here's hoping that all of those rules change and become more favorable by the time we would need to worry about that. But the point is, you know, the way I look at this stuff is this. We all... Are living our own version of the American dream, if you will, you know we 've all got this story you know that we're we're working through our lives and we've got goals in mind and we're trying to maybe raise kids or save money or or um you know whatever whatever it is that will bring you joy and happiness um, and that 's what we all work toward and then unfortunately so many times bad stuff happens and when the bad stuff happens there's there's two answers to that you know we can have a plan for it or we don't have a plan for it and usually having a plan for it is is the better answer and so we pride ourselves in helping uh to provide a plan for that the way i like to think about it is we help you and your family um, in your family's story, we help you write the most difficult chapters. If there's a disability, you know that's unfortunate, but we handled it well. If someone passes away, that's unfortunate, but we handled it well, and it wasn't a mess. And, and so I sort of see ourselves as guardians of those difficult chapters, sometimes the final chapter. Uh, and what we really want to do is just make sure that our clients are well-protected, well-planned for, have their ducks in a row, so to speak, Um, to make sure that the plan actually works so uh, and you can find out all about this stuff you know we we have lots of content on our website you can find it at secularlawfirm.com i would invite you to come to one of our upcoming workshops you know the holidays are over again the workshops are, are bumping again We've got, uh, I think the next one is full, but we have them every other week on because there's a lot of people that want information around this. And I like giving you the information for free so that you can make good estate planning decisions, whether you work with my law firm or not. I mean, obviously, I hope that you do because I think we're pretty good at what we do. But I really am tired of people like what happened in my grandfather's situation I just told you about making uninformed decisions and it costing them big time. So one of the reasons why estate plans fail is because people confuse documents with plans. You can go online and print a will. You can don't even go to LegalZoom. You can print one on for free. Just Google the word will and you'll find somebody that that uploaded a will. But the problem is if you print that document out and sign it, then you probably just created a will. okay. But does it do what you need it to do? Like, is there? Do I really trust this document off the internet or this legal Zoom software that's going to treat me just like it treats the other guy as really meeting my family's goals and needs? I can tell you. I do this for a living. I have little kids. My estate plan says something very different than what a legal zoom estate plan would say. And and that's probably reason enough for you to say, yeah, I should probably be working with a professional. If this guy knows this stuff and doesn't trust these documents, why would I trust my kids to these documents? Um, but there's a difference between a document and a plan. And and I'll tell you an example. You know, a lot so the will. The will is a document. The will is a document which is a component of a broader estate plan. All right. Now, uh, let's use the example of little kids. So little kids, um, oftentimes with a will, we create a trust because if if I die young and my kids are still teenagers, they don't just get all the money, all the life insurance proceeds. It has to go to a trust that could be managed for them until a certain age. And I think even the online documents, a lot of them will have that. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. A lot of the money doesn't go through the will. So in my example, I just said the life insurance goes to the kids. But the will doesn't govern The life insurance. The life insurance has a beneficiary designation on it that tells it where to go. In so many families, there's somebody listening to the show right now that has a will with an underage trust and a life insurance contract that is going to send the money to the kid anyhow, and he's going to get it on his 18th or 21st birthday, and he's going to turn into a knucklehead because you didn't send the money to the trust. The plan is not complete. You have a document, which is a component of a plan. You don't have a plan. And so that's really the one the first mistake people make with their estate plans is is there's a difference between feeling good because I checked, checked the box that I got a will versus really going through the conversation really going through the education really going through some some pretty difficult decision making To make sure that i understand how this is actually going to work i understand how much money my family is going to get i understand how it's going to be managed and who's going to manage it until what age under what terms and conditions and once we've gotten there you know that to me is one of the ultimate expressions of loves for our kids is to make sure that they're okay if i'm not um and so you know that's one of the reasons the other is that trusts are not funded so number two estate plans sometimes involve the use of trusts. So I could use a revocable living trust as my primary estate plan. Uh, but then what's, what happens is there's there's been some people, some law firms, and some other entities that are out there pushing these documents, right? So a trust is just a document. Um, and a trust can work fantastic when it's designed well and implemented well. But what happens is people will sign this document. I got my trust. Look here. I got my trust. But then they don't put anything in it. We don't retitle the accounts appropriately. We don't deed the house to the trust. We 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 have this trust, which is supposed to help avoid the courthouse and make it easier on our family and all the rest. But then the families have to go through probate anyway because they did not properly fund the the this new entity called the trust. So, um, one, con- confusing documents with planning. Two, if we've done more comprehensive planning, not funding it on the back end. And and then the coordination of the whole thing, right? Um, when we're working with a family, oftentimes we need to chat with your financial folks, your accountants, because this process is not I do mine, he does his. This process is better when working together. And I'll give you an example. Yesterday we were working with a family, and we're putting together a, a pretty complicated estate plan. It's going to have a couple of trusts with it. And the family has some money. And the conversation came up about, well, how should we invest the money that the trust owns? And I had to have a conversation with the financial advisor to say, okay, so go about figuring out what your client's goals are. But here's the thing. They they can't access the principal from this trust or they can access the income from this trust. And so those recommendations and that financial advisor taking the time to understand what I was doing is going to benefit this client because then he's going to be able to make good quality investment decisions that line up with what the legal recommendations have been to be able to protect the money and, and, and whatnot. And so it's just not coordinated. So many people go through this process of they've got the online printed off will, and they're trying to save a buck there, and then they're trying to save a buck by having the online mutual fund account. But nobody that knows anything about this stuff has looked at the situation to say, well, this works, this doesn't work, here's some things that... um that you might want to think about. I'm not even talking about the investment decisions. I'm talking about how the accounts are structured. Uh, and so it, it, they're just a lot of estate plans aren't coordinated. And this is the kind of stuff that you learn when you come to our estate planning workshop. So I invite you. It's free. It's in our office in Cranberry. You come in. We uh, we give you a nice cup of coffee and a cookie. Enjoy the talk for an hour and 15 minutes. We make this content interesting, and I promise you, you're going to learn a lot. We, we fill it with good information about wills and trusts and powers of attorney and long-term care planning and how to protect your home the right way from the nursing home, if that's what your goal is. Uh, and so come to one of our upcoming estate and elder law workshops. We hold them right in our office. Uh, you can find more information at seclerlawfirm.com. It's spelled S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Uh, and I think it would be uh, I think it would be uh, worth your time. Most people that come to this thing, almost everybody, thanks us for doing it and says they learned a lot. Whether they decide to work with us or not, they they thank us for doing it and and are happy that that they learned a lot. So we've reviewed uh, three reasons why estate plans fail. First, being that people confuse a document with a plan. The second is the documents that they have are not properly funded. And the third component is that the plan that exists or the documents that exist are not properly coordinated between the attorney, the financial advisor, the accountant, in a fashion where the client actually can feel comfortable that the thing is going to need to do what it needs to do. Um, The next one is that the plans are not updated. I can't tell you how many times people have come to my office in their 50s and 60s with a plan that was written when their now adult children were born, naming a now deceased parent or grandparent as the executor and the guardian of the kids. So we got no executor. Because the person's essentially deceased, we we or whatever moved away, or they don 't have the strong relationship anymore, or whatever the case is, um, the kids are grown, so we 're not really even worried about some of the things that we used to be worried about. Now we might not be worried about how to get our kids to adulthood. We might be worried about things like planning for our kids' possible future divorces. How can we protect our kids? If I leave money to my kid and my kid goes to a divorce two years later, what happens to the money, or if they're in a lawsuit? or if they have some other sort of creditor issue, healthcare expenses. Is there a way that I can plan for my kids to where we get them the money, but we don't just get them the money in a way that it's like a bag of money on the table and anybody can come grab a piece. We give it to them more in a safe that protects it from some of those would-be issues and creditors. And that's a planning opportunity a lot of families miss, and then they find out the hard way that they're losing, leaving money um, to someone who has some bad stuff going on. Bankruptcies, divorces, drug addictions, disabilities. We can't, you know, oftentimes those situations require some thought as to if I passed away and my kid is now disabled, then do I need to leave them the money the same way or should I consider something called a supplemental needs trust, right? And, you know, there's lots of reasons why people become disabled, but let's take somebody that just uh, had a car accident, a back injury, can't go back to work. My child is now disabled, is going to be disabled, might have to ask the government for help. um, And a lot of the times when they ask the government for help, there's a needs assessment, financial assessment. If my kid, I have a client just the other day where – uh, unfortunately, their child has a significant dis- disability. It's an adult child um, of my client. And there's a significant disability, which requires a ton of medical expenses, which thankfully are being paid for by uh, medical assistance, uh, Medicaid. Um, but if we leave that child, this inheritance outright, they're going to lose that extraordinary health care benefit that they currently have. And they're going to go through this money in about six months until the money's gone, at which point in time they're going to go back upon the government program. But we blew all the money that could have been stretched over a longer period of time to help this disabled person have a better standard of living and lifestyle and and supplement the things that Medicaid and and the social security check don't pay for. So, you know, it's those kind of things that uh, life's situations happen things change, the the position my family is in changes, the position my finances are in change, and the estate plan needs to change too. Um, and so just to review, we've done four of them now. Documents are not plans. The documents that are drafted are not properly funded. The documents that are drafted and probably not properly funded are also not properly coordinated between the attorney, the accountant, and the financial advisor. Uh, and then the fourth one was people fail to update these documents when life changes. Look, estate planning is a process to be managed rather than a thing I did that one time. Right? That's what it is. It has to be looked at as a process because as life changes, so do your goals, so do your concerns, so does your financial position, and so your estate plan needs to reflect those changes. Um, and, you know, again, and here's the other one. Here's the big one. And, and I said that I was going to give you five of them. Most estate plans don't deal with the single biggest health care expense that middle class uh, Americans face. They don't. They don't deal with the single biggest financial threat of any kind that retired and baby boomer and senior middle class Americans are going to face. And that is the threat that I might need custodial long-term care in a nursing home. Um, this isn't a negative comment on nursing homes. It's a negative comment on the government system. But the fact of the matter is, if you need to go to a skilled nursing facility on Medicaid benefits, or if you need to go to a skilled nursing facility, you are going to essentially go broke because the government rule book that, that governs this stuff just doesn't allow you to keep much money. And so for a single person, they'll take you down to 8,000 bucks okay, plus a house, which I'm going to end up losing anyway. And on today's show, we don't have time to get into other that, all of that. We've talked about it in the past. Um, you can find those on our podcast or information at our website. But essentially, a single person is going to go broke uh, because they have the dementia or the mobility issue or whatever resulted in them needing to go to a nursing home. Now, in a married case, it's a little bit different, but she, you know, if dad goes into the nursing home, mom still doesn't get to keep very much. Um, in The rate at which this money is depleted, is skyrocketing. All right. So the 2021 Pennsylvania average cost of a nursing home was 11,600 and some change per month. 11,600 in 2021. Every year, the state of Pennsylvania issues a number for what they're projecting to be the average cost of care in a skilled nursing facility this year for 2022, which we're just moving into, the average cost of a skilled nursing facility in Pennsylvania now is over $14,000. It's almost $180,000 a year to go to a skilled nursing facility. Well, how many families out there can really withstand a $180,000 a year bill without going broke? The fact is no one can. I mean, yes, okay, some people can. But for middle class folks, that's, that's a financial death sentence. If I need to go to the nursing home and I've got to go through 180 G's a month, a, a year until I go broke, at which point my uh, time, my wife gets to keep like a hundred grand, then she's in real trouble um, from this because it, it's just, you know, how's she going to live the rest of her life? And then even after I go through all of my money, then they take my monthly income too, or at least some of it. In you know, families are finding themselves like we have all now, I hope, I, I mean, I don't hope, but I, I, I believe it to be true that you have all now heard horror stories of someone in your close circle, someone in your family, somebody at church or work or whatever, whose dad or mom or whomever went broken in a nursing home. I mean, it's going on all the time. One in three seniors, according to the Alzheimer's Association, one in three seniors dies with dementia. So if we're really looking at okay, if if I've got a one in three uh, chance to get the dementia, if, if I'm lucky enough to live to my senior years, right, I've got a one in three chance of getting dementia. And that's just dementia. That's not the other things like Parkinson's and stroke and, and um, mobility issues and all the other things that could result in, in a person needing custodial long-term care. That's just dementia. But if it's going to happen to one in three of us, and, if, yes, there are different tiers of care. But if the nursing home is almost $200,000 a year today, what's it going to be when I'm 70 or 80? Um, or, you know, even then, you know, somebody could say, well, maybe you could be served in a personal care home. Okay, but if, what's that going to be, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars 10000 a month? You know, so it's a lot of money. And many, 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 vast majority of people just don't plan for it. They just don't plan for it. and And I wish... That I could go back in time with a lot of clients because I, I have clients that reach out to me and and they'll hear something like this radio show and they'll say I'm in that position. My dad's in a nursing home right now. We're going through we're going through twelve thousand bucks a month. I'm going to call Tim. I'm going to call his office. So then they call. We get a we get a meeting on the calendar. And I just wish I could go back in time and say, had you just done this, we we'd be in a much different position. And I, and I could save you. I could save you. 10 grand a month had, had we just planned ahead for this issue. And, but for whatever reason, people don't like planning ahead for this issue. They don't like thinking about the nursing home. I spent my whole life being a relatively healthy person. I don't want to accept the fact that I'm going to end up needing some help at some point in time. Men are the worst guys. You're the worst men don't want to admit that they need help. And so then what happens is they could have gotten some lower tier help. Now, they didn't and they end up in a skilled nursing facility and we could have put a plan together to fix this um but uh but it just doesn't happen so if you want to know more about this stuff and what an effective estate plan is what it looks like how we can how we can put your your family in a better position than you are right now you ought to come to one of our workshops um you can find out and register for the workshop at sechlerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R com. And look, I know a lot of people are sick right now with this this version of the virus um, and I know that, that there's some hesitancy to come out to public events. Again, I get it. That's why we have pre-recorded versions of the workshop which if you reach out to us and you can find them on our website, we will just send you a video of the workshop and you can get the free information that way. Um, so don't don't feel obligated to go out and if you're nervous about this stuff to come to the workshop i mean we're here we're doing it every week i'm fully vaccinated um i have the feeling most people that are willing to come to the workshop are too but look i don't ask and i don't guarantee and I, you know but the point of the thing is you got to get this information one way or the other don't don't be don't be the fellow with his head in the sand or the lady with her head in the sand ignoring the fact that there is this very real financial threat of long-term care expenses and just ignore it Uh, it's not going to happen to me i'm going to stay in this house forever well look nursing homes are full of people that were never going to go to nursing homes Uh, and so just a word of caution on that type of mentality tough guys we have to wrestle with the reality of the thing that eventually a lot of us are going to need some help Okay, so quick review. We talked about a couple of different estate planning failures, why they happen. So here they are as review um, in a little a little anecdote. One, documents are not plans. People print off the documents off the Internet and they assume because they've got a piece of paper that says last will and testament at the top that they're good to go. Uh, But that is not the case. These documents vary dramatically in our office based on. You know who's doing what and what your needs are. Second is the estate plan is not funded to begin with. You could have a will that creates a trust for young kids if you're leaving money to young kids, but if we don't send the life insurance money to that trust for the young kids, then the plan failed, and and you're setting your kids up or whomever it is up for failure themselves. Uh, so the reason the estate plan failed is because it was not funded. The second, the third is it's not properly coordinated. There needs to be a conversation between your attorney and your financial folks. And if that conversation ever occurs, then the odds are one doesn't know what the other is doing. And if we don't know what the other is doing, we're probably going to make a, a decision or a recommendation for our clients that goes – that doesn't work perfectly, doesn't sync well with what the advice is that the other person is giving. And not that the advice is contradictory, we just need to know what the other person is doing so that we can coordinate and make the thing work well together, right? So the plan's not coordinated. The fourth mistake is that Uh, the estate plans are not updated for decades on end. You know, if it has been two decades since your kids were little and you have never updated your will, odds are one, you can't find the document anyway, two, you have no idea if you did a power of attorney, three, are we really still dealing with the same issues we were dealing with when your kids were little? And the answer is probably not right so we need to update the documents as life goes on and then finally the reason that a lot of estate plans fail for seniors is because they fail to contemplate the real issue affecting seniors financially and that is not what happens when i pass away the real issue that is financially impacting seniors is what happens if i get really really sick before i pass away and if i'm going to get really really sick before i pass away boy i had better have a plan for how we're going to do with that and if you happen to have someone in a nursing home now that is that is really really sick and going through a bunch of money just call our office 724 841 1393. We'll set you up with a free consultation in that situation and try to figure out if we're the right guys to help you. A lot of the times we have some pretty good solutions for how to help people protect money even after a nursing home admission, and you can find out more about that by going to our website. There's a, there's a Medicaid guide that you can download for free from our website that will get you some information on that. Uh, we tend to try to put out a ton of resources for your benefit. Um, And so I thank you for listening. Remember, folks, you should not take legal advice uh, from this radio show or any other radio show for this matter. We do this for information education. I am not your lawyer. I'd be happy to help you with your legal services. You need to give us a call. Thank you for listening this week. I hope you have a great week. We'll check you out the same time next week.